everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Delighted on this episode to be talking with comics creator Chuck Austin. May, may I call you Chuck? Is that okay? Yeah, that's yeah. That's how you people usually anybody any other name and I don't usually hear or listen. <laughs> so it's Chuck. All right. Sounds great. I'll mention a couple of titles and works that you've been involved with, and then we can sort of talk through the journey and any that you would like to highlight. One of those being Action Comics, of course, Action Comics, uh, Badger being one of those, Edge World um, with Comicsology, I believe, and Uncanny X-Men, um, where you created, co-created a, a character called Azazel. That's out there yeah. in popular media as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you've also worked on a number of comics adaptations. So like License to Kill, I believe, is one of those as well. Oh, I forgot about that one. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I sure did. And a Catwoman one, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Um, so curious about, you mentioned before I hit record, your connection to the written world and curious about how that sort of translated into to comics. How did you arrive at creating in comics? Um, I've always been a, a visual storyteller in my head. Uh, things break down almost like little movies mm -hmm. when I'm coming up with my story ideas. So being visual came very naturally. I wanted to be an artist when I was younger. Uh, I became one. In fact, I uh, was trained as a commercial illustrator before anything else. And went on to draw for uh, a woman who used to do most of her primary work for the LucasArts marketing division. And, and so I spent a lot of time doing that, but storytelling has always been my, my passion, my love. I love, love writing. I've always written even before I was what I would consider to be a professional artist. I was writing short stories and, and uh, uh, prose pieces. Uh, that was my, my preferred form of, of story creation. And it wasn't, then when I discovered comics, I discovered comics at a later age, probably when I was about 12 or 13, as opposed to when most kids get into them. Mm -hmm. And that took over my mind as far as being able to tell visual stories. I didn't, I couldn't afford a camera. I couldn't afford the movie equipment that was needed at that time. Cause you had to actually shoot with film and get it developed. And it was a lot much more, much more expensive and much more difficult process. So, but I could do comics. So I sat down and, and started working. And that's how I actually still work when I write scripts for Pat, uh, in, on Edgeworld, mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. break it down as, uh, as if I were visually breaking it down as a storyboard. You know, I say, this is an over the shoulder shot. This is a wide shot. This is an establishing shot. And that's how I break it down when I send in the scripts. And he's got the latitude to change it and make adjustments because he's got an incredibly strong visual storytelling sense. But but at least I have a way of communicating with him that is is based on on my years of working in a visual mediums. Yeah, yeah. No. <clears throat> you you've shared some things there about sort of the process and um framing everything up in that way. And curious about how that works or has worked for the the comics adaptations that you've been involved with because as you mentioned you've worked on a catwoman one um the license to kill one um so so curious about any differences there uh the no actually i i i've i used those same 
sensibilities when I was working on those, even more so because mm -hmm. I didn't have the movies to watch ahead of time. They gave us a synopsis usually because those things were kept under tight wraps. We didn't get to see the movie before the adaptation was done. So I had to break it down visually how I would see it based on the, the story that they were giving us. And, um, uh, and by the time, I think at that point, my career, I had already been working as a storyboard artist and a director in animation for maybe 15 years at that point. So uh, I, I just brought that that language with me. So the artists that I worked with then, that's also how I wrote those scripts. Um, that goes all the way back to, I think, War Machine, even U.S. War Machine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's kind of a cool connection that a lot of creators have between working in animation and then also working in comics. That seems to be one of the themes that emerges. It's so common, in fact, that it's a it's kind of a running joke that San Diego Con comes around and the entire industry shuts down. Every, <laughs> right. Everybody goes out of town. There are so many comics people working in the animation industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also curious, you mentioned working with Pat on Edge World. Um, curious about the the collaborations along the way, the relationships that you forged that have been maybe some of the most positive. And then uh, I mentioned a couple of my favorites, but any particular titles that still bring a smile to your face or always bring a smile to your face when you run across them and think about them? Anything that I created on my own, uh, Pat and I created Edge World. We've got a new series coming out soon, I hope. And uh, I've loved that. Those those have probably been my two favorite projects. But then, um, but then I've, I've I've had some great relationships with a lot of people. I loved working with with. Uh, they don't always like to mention me, like to uh, hear it mentioned. But uh, Tom Durenick and and uh, Norm Rapman on uh, on World Watch when I was self publishing that superhero comic of my own, and mm -hmm. and uh, but Ron Garney on on X Men. Sean Phillips, still one of my absolute favorite uh, collaborations. And he and I never even talked. I just love his drawing style so much. And he he tells a story so amazingly well, expressive and and um, and just so fantastically drawn. Um, so I, I think I had some pretty good relationships with them. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we haven't spoken as much because we don't work in the same business anymore. Ron is definitely a comics guy. Sean is definitely a comics guy. But um uh but yeah quite a few my editors i'm still good friends with mike martz and and uh mike rach the edit my editors on x-men mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um brian smith uh smitty my ex my editor from u.s war machine um i'm trying to think of who else um I guess I guess those are the main ones. There, uh, I'm sure there's somebody else will get in touch with you. And go, hey, dude, you didn't mention me, but um, <laughs> that's I, always the, the danger with that question. Always, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but I mentioned Azazel being one of the the characters you've created, so I'm also yeah. curious about um, what it's like to have kind of made a mark in comics that way, and to have sort of contributed a character that that now has been in film and. Um, carries across stories it's so weird because when when you're creating something for marvel you feel like you're kind of playing in their sandbox so in a lot of ways i i i don't really feel like even though yes they 
I totally created him. I'll take entire credit for him. I know there's a lot of people. He's a very divisive character. A lot of people don't like that he even exists. Mm. Uh, I think Sean Phillips was the first one to draw him in the the uh, Birth of Nightcrawler story. But see, then they go back and they retcon everything and they change everything. So you don't, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, a creation for Marvel is like, I don't know, it's like a it's like a creation on Shira or a creation on. Uh, something else it's just like it's not mine i never really think of it as mine i never thought of it as mine yeah so it doesn't have much impact and the version that showed up on the screen had nothing to do with anything that i created they an entirely new story and uh, they'd gone back in time and azazel was a completely different character um it's always it's always fun to have people outside the business who don't understand that that say oh you created azazel it's like oh that's you know that's kind of a nice little ego boost but it, mm-hmm. it's it's fairly meaningless it'll mean a lot more to me if if uh edgeworld gets on the screen or yeah or one of the other things that i create gets on the screen and we'll have another conversation about that i'm sure it'll be a whole different experience i'm sure yeah yeah and uh, i hope that happens at some point that would be amazing oh thank you we've got we, we keep getting closer and closer so you know <laughs> yes yeah absolutely fingers crossed absolutely um well, I think I only have one more official question, and that is, uh, you mentioned you're you're currently exploring a new series, so glad to hear that. I always like to give space for folks to talk about um, current projects that they're circling around and things that they're exploring creatively, and then uh, also spaces where people can sort of find out more about you and follow along and connect. Uh, the only place that I'm a I'm visible anywhere and it's, it's even less and less these days is on Facebook. Um, and, uh, it's, it's generally a place where I talk about if I talk at all, which I haven't done much of lately, um, about, uh, about creativity, how most people want to know about animation and how to, how to work in animation and how to approach storytelling and whatnot. So I'll post things about most things that I want. I usually wind up teaching the storyboard artists who work for me that want to rise up to become directors or producers. And so um, I'll put stuff up there about that once in a while, I'll, I'll have some personal stuff, but very rarely. Um, other than that, the, the only stuff that, that the only way I connect with people at the moment is through those comics that we're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, you know, that right now that's just me and Pat. It's like we have this sort of private little company where we kind of come up with our own ideas. Like the one Edgeworld was this weird idea that I had that I came to him with and he fell in love with. He had he had the second one that we're working on, which is more of a horror kind of project. And mm-hmm. uh, he brought it to me and and uh, and I kept adding to it. So uh, and then we've got other projects that he and I have both contributed and collaborated on um, stuff that uh, we'll get to at some point. But um, but those two are the are sort of the face of what I'm doing anywhere personally right now, other than the novels that I write. Um, so yeah, yeah. And, and I'll ask about the novels as well. So so what's it like to work from prose that way and and to get to explore in prose because that's a very different way of creating. It's incredibly different, and it's so rewarding. Um, I, and it's funny because I used to think, well, this is the thing that I do that's not visual storytelling, but my ex-wife used to comment on the fact when she would read any of my novel stuff, she'd say, no, there's visual storytelling in here. You don't realize it because your, your prose tells a very visual picture. Mm -hmm. So 
So there is that, but like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, great wordsmiths like, um, you know, PG Woodhouse and, and, uh, um, I'm trying to think of who else, who else is on my shelf. Um, I even like, um, uh, Ian Fleming, uh, mm-hmm. this James Bond stuff. Um, uh, but I'm also a fan of, of people like Hemingway and, and Ursula K. Le Guin. Le Guin. Is it Le Guin or Le Guin? I'm not never, I'm never sure. I've never heard anybody say it out loud. I, I'm not uh, sure. I've, I've always, I've always said Le Guin, but uh, I'm not sure that I've actually verified that anywhere either. So, uh, um, so I'm <laughs> but Lathe of, of Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Lathe of Heaven, uh, Left Hand of Darkness. Uh, and then there's uh, Octavia Butler. I love mm-hmm. Octavia Butler. Um, so, so the, the work, the, the writing that I've done tends to be um, romantic comedy, although I've done some uh, some science fiction, and that's not a that's not even a category that's allowed in comics. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. it does, I can do quite well uh, writing that kind of thing in prose. And uh, the the most popular novel that I've done is one that I I did a, a very very detailed adaptation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. where I I took I literally read that book and word for word looked for ways to contemporize it so that the context still translated. Yeah. And so I created, it was two, two cast of people's it's, it's a rich uh, video game designer and a, uh, a woman who, a poor uh, woman who runs a restaurant in uh, with her family in a nudist resort. So it's called pride and nakedness and it still sells, (laughs) still sells pretty well. And, uh, but it's, you know, there, uh, you get to, one of the things that I love about PG Woodhouse specifically is the way that he will put words together in ways that almost don't make sense, but they just make you laugh or they'll, they'll just tickle your funny bone in a way that you didn't expect, or they'll make you think in a way that you didn't expect. And it's, and it's that, that's the, the real difference. But at the same time, that comes back and informs some of the way that I write, uh, mm-hmm. in comics as well. So, you know, I'll, I'll I'll really work on dialogue and I'll really work on it. Woodhouse was a master of the suspensive sentence. So that his last word always made the payoff for the entire sentence. Yeah. So I, uh, I learned some of that from him and I've really focused on, on, uh, on uh, his, uh, his strong story sense and the fact that he would break down a story so well that every little piece would fit together to form a greater whole just the way the se- a single sentence uh, he would do that with a single sentence and he would do that with an entire story so uh, so i love prose i love writing in prose but i also i can't stop working in that visual medium and then you know when i get pages back from what i've written that pat's drawn oh my mm-hmm. god it's like mm-hmm. heaven it's looking at this stuff and and he and i get we just get giddy together <laughs> <laughs> Then it gets lettered and we both go back and we read it and make sure that it reads well. And, and, uh, uh, we just, we have just the blast. It's just so much fun. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I'm glad that you didn't just pick one world or one way of creating that you're working across media. That's uh, a very cool thing. And, um, yeah, uh, glad to celebrate the creativity. Glad to have you back anytime to talk about the upcoming project uh, with Pat as well as anything else. That would be great. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, Appreciate great it. to talk craft and and creativity always. Yeah, always, absolutely. That's my favorite favorite subject. Yep, yeah. Um, 
Well, on that note, I will say thank you so much for the time and uh, glad to be in touch and may the creating continue. Thank you so much. Uh